Welcome to the Realist Show on Radio, your daily dose of reality radio, the free-range human show of choice. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mack Hike of Flowood, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram Studios out here at 103.9 WYAB. We're streaming worldwide at WYAB.com and on the TuneIn app at WYAB. And of course, over the terrestrial FM radio waves at 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can follow me on all social media outlets uh, when I'm allowed on them, from TikTok to Instagram to Facebook, at SaveJXN. That's Save Jackson <clears throat> for now. <laughs> I may be changing that here soon. But with all that said, we're here in the studio this morning. And I got a, I was listening to Stephen Yatroska's show this morning. He's on here from 6A to 7A every Monday through Friday, live in the studio. And he was talking about HB 1020. This the bill that's going to pass, or it did pass the House anyway last night. Now it goes to the Senate about Jackson. I just wanted to get his opinion on it, see what the caucus thought about it and all that. Stephen, thanks for hanging out this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah, so every now and then you just throw your show prep out the window. <laughs> yeah, and just say, you know, right. I, like I had all this uh, inspirational, motivational things I wanted to talk about first segment, and I may get to that later. But uh, you, you got me fired up this morning, so here we are. Well, we, as a radio announcer, it's always better to have more content than you need than not enough content coming in. So Yeah, sometimes I can have two pages of show prep and blow through it pretty quick. I'm like, I didn't have as many hot takes about that as I thought I would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, man, let's talk about this HB 1020. There's a lot of kickback. Every All the Jackson legislatures and Jackson city council people and the mayor of Jackson, of course, this is racist. This is apartheid. Yeah. I saw the Mississippi Free Press on Twitter yesterday. A bunch of good folks over there. Um, <laughs> I saw them post a picture of some kind of big rebel flag float parade saying this is taking us back. And I yep. commented under it. I said, and ironically, while it may be all of that, it's going to save more black lives than the way y'all are currently doing it. Right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, look, there was a lot of uh, grandstanding yesterday, not only on this bill. There was a lot of grandstanding all day yesterday that is you know I, th- I feel like 90 percent of the time people get up and say something about a bill it's grandstanding they're just trying to get those you know nice sound clips for uh for the re-election coming up but i mean hopefully it's not the hours. ones you clipped out yesterday because they sounded like a bunch of idiots <laughs> no, i mean no. they, it should be a they, it should be against the law to present a bill and not know what's in it to say let's google it yeah i almost ran my car off the road yeah yeah, no, that happens a lot. Uh, so Trey Lamar presented this bill. Uh, I've got lots of negative things to say about Trey Lamar, uh, but he is usually pretty well prepared, and he can take uh, pretty controversial bills and stand his own with it. So I will give him that. Uh, but, I mean, five hours is how long we debated this bill yesterday on the House floor. And, uh, I mean, it just got to be where it was the same thing said over and over and over. And the way the process works is, you know, you can uh, you can you know basically ask questions on the bill. So they open up a time for questions. So everybody was asking questions. Mostly Democrats were asking questions, and they were asking the same questions over and over and over. And then once all the questions run out, then you can speak on the bill before the uh, the actual vote's taken. So after they've asked all the questions, then they just went up there. And so when you're asking questions, you're at your desk. So the representative stands up at his desk and asks questions to the chairman who's presenting the bill at the podium. And, uh, well, then when you get to speak on the bill, after all the questions are asked, you want to actually speak on the bill, then you actually get to go up to the podium and speak. So that's where a lot of the grandstanding happens because that way you get the video, the YouTube channel that the legislature has, has the video of you, gets great sound bites. 
and got literally good audio and all that. Oh yeah, good audio. Yeah. So they they went there from you know from their desk after they asked you know four hours worth of questions. Then they went up and they spent you know each one of them that wanted to talk on the bill spent you know twenty or thirty minutes each. You know, it seemed like at least maybe it wasn't that long, but you know they spent at least another you know two hours speaking on the bill before they t- finally took a vote on it, and it turned into you're all racist. I can't believe you're doing this. You know, we're going back to Jim Crow era things, and it just turned into where we weren't even talking about the bill anymore. It was just name calling and you know calling everybody racist, and you know it got away from what the legislative process should be. Now. I'm always open for debate. I always want more debate. We never have debate on most bills. Most bills that you know would you know, completely control people's lives, there's very little debate on it. It just flies through. But then you get to bills like this, uh, which could you know significantly change the things you know the processes in Jackson for this area. Uh, but man, five hours yesterday, and again, most of it was just grandstanding. Well, what I asked you, and what led to us doing this right here this morning was, I said, I said I've tried to remove any political leanings i've tried to remove my feelings for what a hellhole jackson has become under this regime and the previous ones for the last 30 years and say is is this something that i would support if it was anywhere else right and i keep coming back to why not it does i can't see why it would be a bad thing now if it was a flip side and it was a bunch of Democrats running Jackson, I mean, running yeah. the state, and they wanted to come in and take over Brandon, I'd probably have a problem with it because their policies don't jihad with my policies. I right. see what they've done to Jackson. But if you take the rest of the state, which is relatively safe outside of the Democrats' uh, strongholds, and you say, hey, what we're doing here works, why don't we try that here? Right. I don't have a problem with that if you have a track record of things working. And generally speaking, at least in the Tri-County area where I live and you live, it's relatively safe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, look, why don't we try these methods of actual policing here? So the thing is, nobody seems to have a real problem with the expansion of the Capitol Police patrolling this other area. Right. The issue they have is with the judges being appointed. Right. And them not being able to gerrymander and doing all the things that they like to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the majority of the issue. So, you know, what the bill does is we currently have the Capitol, uh, the capital Complex Development uh, Improvement District. Um, the, it's basically, it started, started out, it was right, you know, right around the Capitol, basically, you know, within two blocks of the Capitol, that's where it was. It expanded last year, uh, to they were really looked at as run cops at the end of the day, r- right? The Capitol police weren't, weren't necessarily full, you know, police with full powers. Uh, they weren't really going around giving people tickets, uh, you know, for speeding they weren't really arresting people. They were really more of a security force for the Capitol so that, you know, because the city of Jackson wasn't providing enough, you know, uh, security for the Capitol so that our legislators could feel safe going in and out of the Capitol. Uh, that's basically what they were. They were almost more of a security force yeah. to provide protection around the Capitol. And that wasn't a knock at them. That was just kind of the public perception of them. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that, that is what they were doing. They were more of a, a, you know, a protection security force than they were a full on police force. Uh, but yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, last year, uh, they expanded that. They they moved the Capitol Police under the Department of Public Safety. Uh, so they're basically you know fully sworn officers, just like the Highway Patrol are under DPS. Uh, and they expanded the area. Well, this bill would expand that area even further, so that Capitol Police could you know start patrolling even further. Now that they're a full on police force, uh, they could patrol further 
uh, more areas of Jackson. And, of course, this expansion looks very much like they kept giving the statistics of, you know, white versus black you know, residents of this. They're saying that there's, I don't know, 53 to 55% uh, African-American residents of this newly expanded area. But it certainly looks like, you know, to most of us that live around Jackson that know, uh, that's kind of the white areas of Jackson or what's at least seen as, you know, the, well, the it's white where neighborhoods. The, it's where the the majority of the white people who still live in Jackson live, but they're also the minority there. Right. But that's right. You know, so it, it, it will also protect them. It's where the rest of the – it's where the mayor lives, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, well, when he lives in Jackson, not at his alleged uh, Madison residence. Yeah. Um. It, it, it's where the money is left in Jackson right. lives. It is where it is that imaginary wall there at uh, at Highland Village, known as Fifty Five. Right, it used to be the other side of the tracks there. They have now started bleeding over there and robbing and pillaging what's left of money in Jackson. Yeah, if you want any any hope for Jackson, you have to salvage North Jackson and Northeast Jackson. Yeah, and so yeah, I mean, and I, there wasn't that much debate yesterday, and I don't think that many people uh, are concerned about expanding the uh, capital complex uh, improvement district as far as expanding it for the police force because that would allow you know the uh, capital police to hire more officers and patrol more, and that actually is to the benefit of the city of Jackson. Now, does that cost the city of Jackson anything in tax? Do, do they do they? take a bigger chunk of the sales tax would that cost the city of jackson more money or yeah. would that be beneficial for the city of jackson? so the last year when they did the bill last year and they expanded it it did not cost the city of jackson anything that was all state dollars going towards dps to provide for that this bill does have an increase in the diversion uh, rate but it wouldn't take money away from the city of jackson it would still be more of the state's side the state's dollars in the diversion going to pay for all of this so so when property values go up when sales tax revenue goes up because money goes where money feels safe jackson benefits that's right yeah well and they benefit too because you know, the city of Jackson right now is having problems, and this was said on the floor yesterday. It was acknowledged that they're having problems hiring enough officers to come in and work in the city of Jackson. Uh, they can't, you know, they don't have enough money to pay officers more so they can get more officers in. So, I mean, this alleviates their issue with officers because now state, you know, Capitol Police officers are taking more areas so that the city of Jackson doesn't have to, and not that they can't, they can still patrol those areas if they want, but they're not, you know, they can kind of take that to a, a you know, back step of the other areas they can now patrol with South limited and West force. Jackson. Right. And so there wasn't really anybody debating that. That wasn't the biggest issue. The biggest issue with the bill uh, and the issue that, you know, we went, you know, of course, I support the Mississippi Freedom Caucus. And so I debate with these guys, you know, internal to determine bills, what we want to push and support. Um, the internal debate for us was the the part about the setting up a judicial system within this new capital complex area which would basically run counter or you know side by side with the city of jackson's own uh judicial system so court system so they're setting up a completely new court system within the district well they've done such a terrible job with theirs and i hate to drag you down this hole but that it's clear what's going on in hines county ain't working when uh, one of the i had a buddy of mine that's a bail bondsman messaged yeah. me yesterday there was somebody arrested on a capital murder charge and he was given a $10,000 bond. It cost his family $1,050 to get him out. And he yeah. was out same day. Yeah. This is, and it was done through this guy's. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, this is firsthand information, right. not secondhand information. Yeah. That's what's going on in Hines County and Jackson. That's why this guy will get out and he will kill again or carjack or do whatever. 
Yeah. The statistics back that up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, why this is being done. Right. So, yeah, that was the problem. I mean, the stated, you know, from the chairman that presented the bill, his stated pro, uh, reason of introducing the bill was, again, to help the city of Jackson alleviate uh, their backlog and their judicial system and their court system in the city. Uh, but uh, one of the issues with the court system is that the judges don't have to live in the district and the judges aren't elected by the people. Uh, most other judges in Mississippi, except for a few rare circumstances, most other judges in Mississippi are elected, duly elected by the people who live in the district, and the judges must also live in the district. This is not the this. case. Let me ask you this. Where does the Freedom Caucus stand on on that type of behavior, those yeah. type of policies? Yeah, so uh, you can always look at our uh, any of the bills that go through the Mississippi House of Representatives. You can see what the Freedom Caucus, uh, their you know, their opinion on the bills, they always rate every bill that comes to the floor. So you can go to freedomvotes.ms uh, and see. And so on this bill, we either do, you know, we either rank it a green, red, or yellow. So green means good, let's pass it. Red means, no, we've got issues with it. And then yellow is a neutral. Uh, and we'll usually give comments on all the bills, no matter how we rank it. And this really came down to a neutral for the caucus. Uh, there's good in it. There's bad in it. Um, you know, it what's just comes down to it. What's the bad? What, like, just your personal opinion. You look at it. What, what, what's the bad? What should we be weary about with this? Yeah, I mean, so the issue is, is again, that, you know, I kind of side with them a little bit that our judges in Mississippi, you know, should be appointed, should live in the district. You know, uh, they feel like the people who are, you know, adamantly against this bill feel like they're being stripped of uh, their representation in our judicial system because they're not getting to elect these people. And these people don't even live in the district. They're being appointed by the uh, Supreme, the Mississippi Supreme Court uh, Justice uh, is getting to appoint these judges for this district. Now, it does run, you know, side by side to it. So you can elect to either take, you know, your case. If you have a case, you can elect to take it to uh, one or the other. If it's a civil matter, uh, you know, of course, it's a, if it's a criminal matter, it depends on, you know, who picks you up for it, I guess. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, looking at it, if I were to say like you, like you said originally, would I want the state of Mississippi doing this in Brandon or Madison? If our state government was ruled by a different party, would I want them to have the authority to be able to do this in other places? And I think my answer would be no, but there's no other place like the city of Jackson in Mississippi. Jackson so will be a case study for years to come. Right, that's right. So that's where you know you you end up with these circum you know these specific circumstances like the city of Jackson that you know they in their elected judges their elected judges aren't doing anything you know and I'm not saying they're not doing anything but there's so many cases that they're letting go there's so many back you know so much of a backlog that they have I talked about on my show earlier about election integrity you know very few people have been actually prosecuted for violating the laws we have on the books now. And they want to increase the penalty, but what's that going to do if you can't get judges and prosecutors to actually prosecute people? And I think that's a lot of that's what's going on in the city of Jackson. They're just not prosecuting people. They're not arresting them. They're not charging them. They're not convicting them. And so, and when they do, I, you know, when they do, it's political witch hunts, like what they did with the J, former JPD officer Anthony Fox. Yeah, that's right. You know? I mean, so they're 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 telling you, they're showing you what they're doing. Yeah, and you know that's all about money. They're just going to try to sue the city's insurance company, and yeah. you know, that's going to be divvied up between lawyers, DAs, judges, allegedly. You know, just my yeah. opinion. So I, you know, personally, me 
personally not not anything to do with any organization that I represent uh, or work with. Uh, I personally probably would have uh, voted just present on this one, and I'm adamantly against voting present. Uh, that that's that to me a lot of times that's a weak move to vote present, basically meaning you're not going to vote yay or nay. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think there's pluses and minuses with it. If it was me, if they gave, if I was king for a day and I could go in and change this bill any way I wanted, I would make, you know, certainly make some changes to it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was either leaning on going, you know, I would either vote present or voted for the bill. So that's, that's my ultimate, you know, say in what it is. Uh, I, I probably would have either voted present or, or voted for the bill to pass it because there, there are some good things in it that I think can help that area of the city of Jackson. Uh, I'll go on record. I would have voted for it because I think that it, it's so bad that it's a rare case and, uh, what do we call it? Acceptable forms of tyranny. Yeah. All right, brother, how, how can everybody find you? Tell them about your show real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 6, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., you can listen right here on 103.9 WYAB to Liberty Wake Up Call. I'm Stephen Utrosco. You can also find me on libertysteven.com and all my social medias and my podcast, everything on my website, libertysteven.com. Stephen, appreciate you, brother. Always a pleasure. This is The Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back after this break on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios. Mack Hike Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Flowood Studios. And we're on fire this morning, man. Let's tell you what. Uh, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, get out there to Mack Hike of Flowood, man. They got great deals going on right now. They're the home of the three ninety nine car payment as well as the promise to get you in and out in less than an hour once you've decided on what vehicle you wanted and get your paperwork done and on out of there. So time is important. Time is money. And they get, they respect that. They were there at Mack Hike of Flowood. They got $4,000, up to $4,000 cash back on Ram trucks. You can use that to, as a down payment to alleviate your negative equity or whatever else you'd like. And a lot of negative equity out there coming out of uh, the ridiculous car market uh, stuff that happened post-COVID as well as up to $15,000 off on select models. That's right, $15,000 off. That is a lot of money. So get over there. See my buddy Corey McDonald and his team at Mack Hike of Flowood on Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Shop them online, MacHikeCDJRF.com. I want to thank Stephen Detroska with Liberty Wake Up Call uh, on 6A to 7A right here on this very station every Monday through Friday for doing that first segment with me. He's very plugged in with what's going on down at the Capitol and uh, with me doing this and working full time and living my life. It is hard to keep up with everything in detail all the time. So nice to have somebody with the knowledge of Stephen doing that for us. Why not take advantage of it? HB 1020. Again, I can see a little bit of the hesitancy just from a general standpoint about judges being appointed instead of voted on. I, I get it. But I also, as a 43-year citizen of Jackson, who has to, who had to move, I, I, am a, I am in exile in Rankin County, a political refugee. I thought that we had open borders for political refugees that are in exile from communist leaders. Chakwe is a communist socialist dictator, and I was forced for speaking out against him to move to Rankin County to protect me and my family. I am a political prisoner as far as I'm concerned. 
So when you have rare cases like that in third world countries that can't even keep the water on, can't even figure out how to bill you for the water, then different rules. What do I say? Breaking rules when necessary. And this is one of those necessary cases. Time to break some dang rules. Jackson's going to have to be saved by the very, by the very people who flew out of it. It just is what it is. The people who were left in charge have broken this thing. It's irreparable, by the way. But at least you can hope to stop the bleeding. As long as the capital's here, people got to be safe. If the capital wasn't here, build a fence around it and start filming Escape from Jackson. Like the movie Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Get Kurt Russell. Come on, time to film a third one. Just a free-range prison, as far as I'm concerned. But with all that said, every now and then you got to break some rules for the better good. And the better good is taking as much control away from these Democrats, socialist communists that are running Jackson, these race peddlers, take as much power away from them as possible. Take as much power away from these idiot voters in Jackson that keep voting for this. And I look. As a, as a freedom lover, I am not for this, but this is a rare, rare case study of how bad it can get in an American city when you leave Democrats up to their own demise, own devices. Metallica has a song, says, my lifestyle will determine my death style. And Jackson's lifestyle has determined his death style. Like I said, I commented on a post yesterday on the Mississippi Free Press. That's another liberal rag. I think it's the statewide version of the Jackson Free Press, Donna Ladd and all those anti-freedom haters. Let me pull it up here. I just want to read the exact quote. So this is on their Instagram. You can go to this post at MS Free Press. It says, Jennifer Riley Collins writes that HB 1020, it intended to expand the Capitol Complex Improvement District in Jackson will return Mississippi to a state of apartheid. And I comment under it. And ironically, it'll save more black lives than the folks in charge currently could dream of. Why are they so dead set on more black people being killed in Jackson? I thought black lives mattered. If black lives really mattered, they'd be beating down the door for this bill to pass. If black lives really mattered, they'd be beating down the door. This should tell you all you need to know about Jackson, Mississippi and its leadership. They're all up in arms talking about people that don't live here shouldn't be appointing judges. But half the politicians on the city council and the mayor's office allegedly don't even live here. Got, got them a little shotgun shack in Jackson in their district so they can run for office. We know where they live. Let's take a call here on the Clay Edwards Show.com hotline. Hey, caller, you're on there. You on there? Hello? Hey. Hey. So, I agree with you, <laughs> but then I disagree with you. I feel the same way. So, if 
it's like when you say phrases like it's acceptable tyranny, like no tyranny is acceptable. Right? Oh, I, I, I know, you, I know. It, it, it's it's a it's a pun. I I, I understand, and it's just it's like I I get it. I get it where you come from because of course Jackson is a is a hellhole, but. You said it before, Jackson hasn't fell all the way to, like, it hasn't hit rock bottom. And that's what it needs to do instead of us passing bills, our people passing bills, to try to come and save it. They have to hit rock bottom. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this real quick. And I, I, I agree with you 100%, but um, the Northeast Jackson area, where the money still lives in Jackson, do they deserve to be drug to unwillingly be drug into rock bottom when they're not, when they're doing everything they can to not go there, should they be punished because for the rest of them? Of course not. But that's the thing about America. You can move. <laughs> I mean, Clay, nobody in Jackson. I mean, you can see this coming from a mile away, and normally you don't get that when an area just goes downhill. So those people who live in Northeast Jackson. And are trying to keep the thing, the ship afloat. It's just like the Titanic. Okay, you hit the iceberg. When when's this ship gonna sink? <laughs> we know it's gonna sink, but when is it gonna sink? And people are holding on. Oh no, that somebody's probably gonna come and save us. No. Yeah, I it mean, has to I, hit rock bottom. I get you. I mean, I get it a hundred percent. I agree with you. And I guess I'm more or less playing devil's advocate than anything. But I well, know, no, I, I know a lot of that Northeast Jackson area, the, the, that good area, that Riverside Drive area, that area over there off of. East of Ridgewood, the back up, the backs up to the uh, the river there, man. River, that yeah. that property got so high in value that people were buying good houses, tearing them down, and like buying two lots, tearing them down, and building one big house. There's a lot of money yeah. sitting over there, and the property oh, values man. have got to be sunk. I mean, I would love to get a real estate agent in here who would who could legitimately talk about it. It's got to be hell selling a house in Jackson right now. With the oh, water, yeah, almost, water and crime issues. I almost purchased a house over there because it was just too good of a deal yeah. to pass up. But, I mean, ended up something was wrong with the house. But it's just, um, like, I wanted to talk to Stephen Detrosa while he was still on the air. But it was just like, so let's say Jackson does get good lead. Like, let's hypothetically, if Kim Wade gets elected and turns the city around, like, does this capital city district still exist in his city? Like, that's what I'm, I don't like. It doesn't make sense. Like, well, that that that's a good question. Somebody else also asked, uh, sent him a text in and asked, you know, where does the jury pool come from? And he said he thought that it came from Hines County, but was not sure. And they asked somebody else said, how does it? Or the same person I think said, how does it benefit people on the coast and North Mississippi and everywhere else? It it doesn't. But you need it. But it's the capital and. They want to feel safe when they're here. I guess you know it's, it's I mean, where a lot of their I, a lot of I, a lot of their money, a lot of their donations come from these rich folks that live over there in that northeast Jackson area. They want to be yeah, taken I care of. That. I get that, but they should have left it where it was. Like they should have left the capital city district, like in this area, and yeah. just given yeah. them a, a judge pool or like Stephen. Okay. Stephen was li- Stephen was listening, and he to answer your question. He texts in on the Guns of Gear text line and says that they could repeal the law at any time and return it to Jackson. Not saying they would, just saying they could. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I I just think like I'm 
I, I think of like just a slippery slope with everything. Like ever since the passage of the Patriot Act, I'm just like, okay, like we have to think about what we're passing <laughs> before like it gets out of hand. I agree, brother. Hey, look, I've got to take a break. I've run over the last two segments, man. Great call. Thank you, brother. Yep. All right. This is the Clay Edwards Show. I'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. Man, get out there to the reservoir today at Fan and Mart. They open daily at 4 p.m. They got a wide array. Uh, specialty pizzas, of course, you can always just build your own. I recommend the Pig, Pig, Pig. It is amazing. They smoke their pulled pork on site, so they're not they're not buying it from somewhere else. It ain't coming out of a out of a frozen container. It's fresh pulled pork. Chip told me they were even going to start doing some ribs occasionally as a special. And Chip had a barbecue restaurant, so he knows what he's doing when it comes to barbecue too. So you can get it all out there at Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. Nine different flavors of daiquiris open late every night. Located right there in Fan and Mart. Man, you're out there partying at uh, Black Axes or After Hours or wherever. You're up, you're up late. You're hungry. Stroll right down there to the end and grab a pizza to take home or dine in or whatever you want to do at Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's. Available on all major food delivery apps as well. Uh, Acme Pizza and Daiquiri's right there on the res. We appreciate them sponsoring the Clay Edwards Show. All right, man, you guys are on fire on the text. I've had a bunch of calls during the breaks. I'm not going to take any off-air calls on this today. If you want to talk on air, great. If you don't, I understand. Um, I'm going to have Kyle Jones with the Phoenix Club of Jackson in here, top of the second hour, to discuss their big speakeasy soiree event this weekend, downtown Jackson, and uh, help promote that. They're raising a bunch of money for the Boys and Girls Club. They will have surpassed $1 million since they started doing this, so that is awesome. Let's take a call from Derek here. Hey, brother, you on there? Hey, good morning, my friend. Hey, on this whole uh, Capitol Complex thing, and I asked somebody's question, they said, well, what if Kim runs, you know, what is he going to be able to change? Y'all, y'all got to be able to understand basic economics. Just the sheer fact of him getting in office alone will tackle one of the four catalysts necessary to tackle high crime. You're getting rid of the corrupt government. Okay. Remember when I, when I gave you that lesson when I first met you about you got to have those four things in place in order to have a high crime situation like Jackson has. Yep. You know, you know, and I'll say it again for the listeners: you got to have um, corrupt government, terrible education, poor, uh, unemployment, which leads to the forefront, which is poverty. If you could tackle any one of those things, not necessarily in a, in a, in a succession, your crime rate will plummet. If you elected, you know, Frank Nelson proved that when they put him in there. He may not have couldn't do anything, but you could literally see the changes coming down the pipe. You know what I mean? So if you was to get a guy like Kim Wade, it's a totally different mindset, totally different thinking, new new political um, leanings. Yeah, you'll, you'll start to see change almost immediately. But it doesn't stop there. you got to keep on doing the work. I agree, brother. And then, you know, another thing with this whole Antar Lumumba comparing capital district capital complex to apartheid why hasn't nobody why hasn't these africans that they love to imitate come out and protest against that it's like that's a painful chapter in our past what about the sharpersville massacre are you comparing something that you need to a massacre of school children but nobody's called them out on that you ever notice that uh, they never call them out on anything yeah 
Now, well, that's the problem. See, I'm, the media don't call them out. They just echo their racism nonsense. They so just amplify it, not saying, echo. Yeah, listen to the buzzword, Clay. Anton Lumumba is comparing the Capitol Police shootings to the Sharpersville Massacre. That's pretty much what he's saying. you got to read between the lines. That's what he's comparing this to. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself for making such a cheap political point. Yep. Derek, appreciate it, brother. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there, there, no accountability. The media, the the when I say the media, I'm referring to the mainstream local media. They do not hold this administration accountable. It's no different than the White House press corps sans Pete Ducey not holding this uh, national administration, this presidential administration accountable. Let's take another call here. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Hey, caller, you're on there. Hey, Clay. Hey. Where was the Where was the last time they had a uh, Republican uh, candidate on the ticket? For where? For Jackson. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I, technically they had one last year, but you know, Republican ain't winning in Jackson. Y'all ain't voting for Republican. They have to run as independents. Yeah, they run as independent. I was just I was just trying to see because. I mean, you got to vote for what's on the ticket because, you know, the guy, they get out and do their little sales pitch. They stop from door to door, go to business to business, and, and do their little sales pitch and everything like that. So you you got to vote for somebody. And for you to call my uh, grandmother, auntie, them idiots because they vote for that. Yeah. That's, I mean, you could not vote at all. They should have voted for Les Tannehill. I mean, he was he was up against there was, there was plenty of other people they could have voted but for. They didn't, but they if they don't know him, they don't they just can't go vote for nobody they don't know. There were people they gotta vote for they got they vote for whoever on the ticket, right? There was a Democratic I mean, they, 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 primary. Man. There was a Democratic primary that the mayor had to win and they voted for the worst possible candidate. How many times Tannehill and ran? I'm not look, I'm just using you asked about the Republican that ran in as an independent. That was Tannehill, but there were plenty of other Opportunities to get Chalkway out of here through the Democratic primary, the Democrat primary. Yeah, okay. I was just, I was, just, I was just wondering about the last time a a, a, a real Republican. I ain't talking about no well, Jonathan. Jonathan, uh, last name eludes me off the top of my head. Anyway, black dude, and the that's when they came out and said the Rankin County Republicans have got a okay. got a guy running for Jackson. That would that was okay, Jackson's okay, last hope. Yeah. Jonathan Lee, okay. that was his name. Okay, got you, got you, got you. I was gonna try to see when the last time a Republican ran a real a real Republican with a with a good name that knew economical, social, and political uh, uh, development stuff. I was I was just wondering. Jonathan Lee, you got number Democrats on the ticket. You got to vote for somebody because it's your given right to vote for somebody. Well, you I mean, somebody. you could look. Chalkway showed you his four, first four years he was incapable of doing it, and y'all voted right. him back in with ninety three percent. Appreciate it, brother. All right, man. Uh huh. Got to take a break real quick. Come back, read some text. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. I'm live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. And I'm going to read you guys here to close out the first hour. And I've got Kyle Jones in studio with the Phoenix Club of Jackson. And we're going to, top of the hour, man, we're going to be talking about their big event going on this weekend in downtown Jackson. They're, uh, is it the... How many have y'all done of these? 14th annual. 14th annual Speakeasy Soiree. And I went to one of these a few years ago. They are a blast. So we're going to talk all about that in the second hour. But uh, close out the first hour here. Uh, let's read some text, man. You guys have been blowing it up this morning. Let's see here. Um, Rick text in. It says, uh, or it may not be Rick, but it says, Rick Whitlow, black man, former sports anchor for the APT and WJTV, ran for mayor against Frank Melton twice as an independent. 
Uh, let's see here. Man, y'all been blowing me up this morning. Let's see here. Hove, Hev from the Rez says, This is the most important show you have done on Jackson yet. I was born and raised in North Jackson from the time I was born in 1955 until the early 80s. It was a great place to live. When I got married in 79, I lived on McDowell Road. Seven years later, moved to Rankin County. This is when Jackson plummeted downhill. I do everything I can now to stay out of Jackson. It is lawless hellhole. The mayor wants Jackson to go in this direction. This is the only way he can stay in power. Thank God for the state of Mississippi to try to save what is left of what used to be my home. The mayor is an evil man who needs to be thrown out of his out on his butt. Just hope the Senate has the, the cojones to pass the expansion of the CCID and to hell with the Jackson City Council and the mayor's office. Best show ever, Clay. I agree. <laughs> Keep it up. You are Jackson's last hope for the word of reason. Well, you know, look, I'm just a guy with a microphone. Kim Wade is our actual last hope when he runs for mayor. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh... Dagwood text in says the mainstream media makes their money from through controversy. So they will keep things stirred. Reagan can Jackson will never turn around until it's current leadership steps up and does what real men are supposed to do with our young black men. If we do not teach them, if we do not guide them, if we do not raise them, if we do not lead them, if we do not show them, then who will good point. Rick says, I think y'all are thinking, let's see, he goes, I think y'all are thinking right. If Jackson hits bottom, it's going to stay there for a long time. With new kids learning bad stuff daily, it would take a citywide revival and reckoning to get it back in shape. Look, I am typically all for someone or something having to hit rock bottom. I know when I was dealing with addiction, I had to hit rock, had to hit rock bottom to know where it was and to realize it was somewhere I did not want to be. Unfortunately, I am one per well, not unfortunately. Fortunately for me, I am just one person. And I can make one decision to turn my life around. A city is not one person. A city is a like Jackson is a couple hundred thousand people that you need to cohesively decide to turn around. And uh there's too many people benefiting from the negative and the crime to want to turn it around. And unfortunately, all of those people currently in power are gravely benefiting from these minority set-aside contracts, these crime, all this stuff. This is it's just nonsense going on here. And again, I mean, this will be my hill to die on. People are like, well, you don't even live here no more. I don't care. I lived here for 43 years. My family still lives here. I got more skin in the game than most of y'all will ever have in Jackson. Owned a business right downtown on Capitol Street for 10-plus years. My family owned a business on Lynch Street for 40-plus years. Again, I got more skin in the game than most of you will ever have. So I will never quit talking about it. I get up here. <clears throat> imagine going and trying to get a job somewhere after doing this show for the last two years and running the Save Jackson page, speaking the truth, doing what I do. I've given up more to speak the truth than most of y'all will your entire lives. I've done, that, done, done more of that in the last two years than most of you will do in your entire lives. So, yeah, I got, I got skin in the game, and I'm never going to quit talking about it. We always promote the good, too, like just what we're fixing to do here in this next segment. When there's something good to be promoted, we jump on that train. We'll help out. We'll bring, we'll bring light to it. You know, we had the mothers of murdered sons in here a couple weeks ago whose sons got killed in Jackson. You know, we, we do what we need to do, but we're going to speak the truth, too. All right, this is the Clay Edwards Show. Stay tuned. Top of the next hour. Kyle Jones, Phoenix Club of Jackson. We'll be right back. 
Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.